Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. tonight be about you and you alone let no other person but you can we be quiet please can we be quiet please let no other person but Jesus be seen tonight as we exalt and magnify that name the exalted name the one who is designed to have preeminence in all things. Let him alone be magnified. Be projected. And be seen tonight. And as we proclaim Jesus. Let every knee bow to his authority tonight. Every situation every sickness, every affliction let every of such come under the lordship of Jesus we give you praise lift up your hands unto heaven we give you praise we give you praise we give you praise you didn't come to see man you didn't come to encounter man you came to encounter the only one who can change you lift up your hands and focus your attention on him we give you praise, Lord Jesus. We give you praise, Lord Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus tonight. Jesus. Come on, shout one more time. Shout Jesus. Jesus. You may be seated. God bless you, choir. Come on, celebrate the choir for me. Hallelujah. And the saxophonists, you're welcome. It's so good to be in Portacot tonight. This is my first time at Kingsward Portacot. And I want to thank God for what he's doing through the ministry in this land under the leadership of Pastor Joel. I want to thank everybody that's held his hands since the inception of the work. The leadership, of course, starting with his wife and all... all all my children that I'm just meeting for the first time. I want to thank you. Thank you for holding forth. Thank you for, you know, proclaiming Jesus. Somebody said proclaiming Jesus. And I celebrate all the visiting ministers that came to celebrate with us. I want to thank Pastor Duke. It's good to see you. Pastor Shalom. Actually, he's not a visitor. He can't be a visitor. It's not possible. Okay, he's an extension of the house. That's your wife. Okay, this is the first time I'm seeing her. He's been hiding you for all this, all these days. So good to see you. I want to thank everybody that came to be a part of this meeting tonight. You know, the devil did everything to make sure something will go wrong tonight, but he lost. You know, I left my hotel room as early as 7 a.m. to book an early flight just to avoid any, 
any drama, only to be delayed for five hours. And when the flight was supposed to, I think the flight was supposed to land like 3 p.m., all of a sudden, an announcement was made. We are landing at Oweri. Oweri. Ah, no. The last time I was at Oweri was 1997. I said, well, I'm not, I don't have any appointments in Oweri. They said, because of the weather, okay. And, you know, people started panicking. Some people even got out of the plane. They were like, we're going to book. I just sat down there and said, no way. This plane will move. And within a few minutes, they said, the, the sky is clear now. We're going back. So we landed just in time to come for the meeting. So I just came straight. Thank God I was at least appropriately dressed from Lagos. And, you know, we made it. Don't you remember say, we made it. We made it. That's a prophetic word for somebody. Say, we made it. I don't know what you're going through, but I have a word from the Lord for you. You are not going to make it. I say you made it. Oh, I thought somebody would be more excited than that. I don't know what the devil is trying with your health. I don't know what he's trying with your finances. I don't know. The pranks is playing with your marriage. But I need somebody to shout, I made it! <laughs> we are not trying to make it. We have made it. Because the Bible says it declares the end from the beginning. So before the battle began, it declared your victory. Oh, shout it one more time. I made it. You know, Jesus declared in Mark chapter 4 verse 35. He said, let us go to the other side. But shortly after he declared that, the Bible says they enter into the boat. And before they knew it, the Bible says a storm of hurricane proportion came against them. But guess what? Jesus was still sleeping in the boat in spite of what is going on in your life. I brought a word of the Lord for you tonight that says keep on sleeping. It doesn't matter how bad the storm may look like. The storm will soon be over and you will be standing you know the disciples that will not sleep because of the storm they lost their power to control the storm because jesus made it clear that they could have done something about the storm because why would they why would they would they have said why, why are you of little faith you know that was he expected them to control the storm but because they lost their calmness because of the storm they lost the ability to control the storm i don't know what you are going through but i love what the psalmist says he said though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death I fear no evil i don't know what is tearing you in your face it's time to tell it i made it i'm not going to make it i made it i know where the victory i know the end of the story is victory it's in my favor all things are working for my girl somebody shall i made get the devil so mad that he wouldn't know what to do with you again when he expects you to be in despair when he expects you to be confused when he expects you to be mesmerized and flabbergasted you are still smiling i love what the bible says in psalm psalm, psalm 2 he said why do the hidden rage and the people imagine vain things he said the kings of the earth set themselves against the law and his anointed say let us cast their cause and break their bands but the bible says he that sits in heaven 
I don't know what is going on around you, but I've come to declare you to you tonight that the one in heaven is laughing. If the one in heaven is laughing, what are you doing? Panicking. Oh, I thought you were to die with Christ. I thought you were buried with Christ. I thought you resurrected with Christ. And I thought when he sat down, you sat down with him. And now if Christ is laughing, what should you be doing? I laugh with Christ. I made it. In spite of what is going around you, you made it. Turn to your neighbor, I made it. I made it. Hey, if I tell at least five people, I made it. Sit, 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 sit. Oh, glory to Jesus. I feel a shift today. I said I feel a shift today. Somebody's season is about to change. I said somebody's season is about to change. I feel a shift tonight. You have been in that zone for devil saying your season is changing hey, I say a new season is coming to you lift up your hands and shout it's a new season it's a morning my dear for a night but joy comes in the morning I've come to announce over somebody it's morning time it's day time your light has come I say your light has come tell somebody around you my light has come I made it I made it I made it. Make the devil mad with your rejoicing. Jump up your feet and rejoice. Hmm, I made it. Eko sataba ya 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 ya. Egegele kiata bakota kato. Egegele kubakata shata ba 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 ba. You know, gee, you know, Paul found himself in a very interesting situation at a particular time. The ship was to be was 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 going through a difficult time because they would not listen to an instruction of the law. But in the midst of the, of what was going on, Paul stood up. <laughs> He said, the angel of the Lord revealed to me at night that there shall be no loss. Hey, you didn't hear that? No loss of life. Because of your disobedience, you will lose your ship. But, hey, but because I'm in, oh my katasha. He said, because I'm inside this ship, there shall be no loss. You know, there was a time, you know, a snake wiped itself, I mean, wounded itself round, round his hand. Do you know what he did? He shook it off. A friend of mine just came from that region where that event took place. Is the present day Malta. I was with him yesterday and he said, do you know since that time Till now, every kind of that snake, there has been non-existence in that land till today. I'm talking about the information I got yesterday. He said till date, that kind 
of snake that shook off into the fire. He said they ceased to exist on that island. There's something about men of authority and you happen to be one of them. When they speak, situation responds. The atmosphere changes. I don't know who I'm prophesying over today. The atmosphere over somebody's ministry is changing right now. You didn't hear me. Nekoba sat. I said the atmosphere over your life is changing right now. You know, this meeting was not originally planned. I was cornered. One of the members of Potakot Church came to Chicago. And so he, so, so he came to my house. He said, Daddy, I came for a purpose. I said, what's the purpose? He said, since we started, you have not visited us. I said, ah, your director of preacher has visited you. Has he visited you? He has, he has not even come. I said, but you are fine now. You have done inaugural service. You are different. He said, no, you must come. And you know, I, I, I thought he was joking before. I saw the look of the face. He said, ah, you must come. I said, I ha do not have you in my calendar. So even if I open my calendar for 2018, I mean 2019, you are not there. 2020, I can't find you. He said, no, you must come. Over. I said, ah. I said, first of all, knock out Sunday. He said, give us any day. I said, okay. Since this young man is not going to settle for... So I said, okay, what about Monday? He said, yes, we take it. Okay. I wanted to bait him with Monday. He said, yes, it's okay. I said, okay. Since I committed myself, there's no backing out. And I'm glad I came. I came. Because the way the journey had gone all day shows that the devil is afraid of something. In fact, at a point, I felt like turning back at the airport. Just let, let me go and sleep. Because the last two weeks has been hectic. I've literally preached every day multiple times. I preached in four churches yesterday. From UK to Estonia to Nigeria and every day. From the airport, I arrived on Thursday. From the airport, I went straight into a meeting. No from the airport went straight to the meeting taught two hours the following morning taught three hours in that evening taught two and a half hours on saturday i was at the conference with pastor Bojo and a few other people from 9 a.m to 6 p.m and yesterday i preached in four churches so now getting to the airport and they were delaying the flight anyhow it felt like maybe you just send a video to them <laughs> from the airport say you people of god you can see i tried I release the grace of God over you. That's the way it felt. Because my body was telling me, please just go and sleep. Apparently, God had made up his mind that somebody has an appointment with destiny tonight. And I came to declare as an apostle and a prophet of the Most High God that whosoever that God sent me to, I'm not assuming he sent me to everybody. Because I learned that from Jesus. Jesus went to, was supposed to pass through Jericho. And a bunch of big boys, religious rulers, they felt it was about them. Not knowing it was just about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus that did not look like it. A task collector. A froster. But Jesus said it was about him. So I don't assume I come for everybody. 
I just know there's somebody I came for. You know, Jesus made it about Zacchaeus so much that he said, let us go to your house. In other words, he ignored the rest. He said, I came for you. Who did I come for tonight? You know, I was speaking in Lekki in the morning yesterday and I said something, I said, I'm an errant boy of God. And you know, say something about an errant boy of God, he needs to be sensitive. Because there will be times that God will send you to a nation. There will be times he will send you to a city. And there will, there will be times he will send you to one person. You know, Philip went from speaking to a whole city in Samaria to speaking to one person. One Ethiopia Enoch. As far as God was concerned, that assignment was major. And to show how relevant that assignment was, do you know God sponsored his flight after the assignment? That was the only account in the New Testament where somebody was supernaturally transported. I believe heaven was trying to make a statement. It's about knowing who, where, who and where you have been sent to. You are not supposed to go everywhere. It can just be one person. And that one person, as far as God is concerned, means everything. So maybe you are that one person in this place tonight. Whatsoever needs to be visited but the reason of the oil upon my life, the oil I've carried a Yeshude for almost three decades for the emancipation and the liberation of my generation. Tonight, I declare that oil will touch your situation. But the reason of this visitation you know, there are certain visitations that cannot be missed. Sarah was visited. What a visitation. And a visitation of God simply means God stretching his arm to help you. To make it, to make it clear to you that it was not about Sarah. As of the time Sarah was visited, she was still in unbelief. She laughed. But because it was a visitation, guess what? That visitation package included grace and faith. You didn't hear me. <laughs> Sarah was not feeling it. But because that package contained both grace and faith, not only was grace available to help her, ah, the Bible says in Hebrews 11. He said, by faith, Sarah received strength. As of the time they landed there, she was still in unbelief. She laughed. But in the, in, the, in the course of the visitation, something dropped in. She laughed in the flesh to start with. <laughs> she laughed in the flesh to start with. But at the end of the day, guess what? that laughter became a reality. Because the meaning of Isaac is what? Laughter. Because heaven visited her. I declare by the visitation of heaven tonight every difficult I feel a strange anointing for breakthrough. Every difficult situation 
present tonight. I declare your status changes. What has been labeled impossible? What has been labeled? It cannot be done. By the help of heaven. By the help of heaven. I declare it to be turned around. Lord, we celebrate you. Because you are here. You brought these people to experience the uncommon. Let them see the uncommon manifested. As you have helped me. Help them tonight. Wave those hands unto him. You may be seated. So good to, to have you around. I believe while I, I was coming up. Reverend Biodun Akintayo walked in. Good to see you. And his beautiful wife. Let me hug his beautiful wife. God bless you. So that I told me I won't be partial. Let me hug him too. Yeah. I've known them for a long time. Before they got married. I remember the very first time I lay hands, my eyes on her. I came for a meeting at Triumphal Assembly in Ibadan. Then she chanted. She chanted. I will never forget that day. It was supposed to be an all night service. And it marked my mind. It should be like 15 years. Yeah. So God bless you. Good to see you. Hallelujah. Somebody is wondering. Oh, we've been doing this for a while. We've been doing this. I mean, we've been doing it for a while. We've been doing it for a while. Don't you never say relax? Something special is packaged for you. Oh, say it again. Say relax. Something special has been arranged for you. Hey, I feel heaven's arrangement tonight. Something special. Ah, ah. I remember when I went to India to preach <laughs> some 10 years ago. You church, 30,000 member church. And the young man that was as, I mean, uh, uh, attached to us to drive us around. As of that time, was single. All of a sudden, a few months, you know, she started following me on Facebook after the, the meeting. So all of a sudden, three months after... <laughs> My church and thought that we went to India together. I said, Ah, come and see it. He's married. I said, What happened? He said, It has been arranged. <laughs> so a lady was arranged from Australia, landed, boom, and boom. That's the definition of arrangement. It was arranged. You know, just got married by what? Arrangements. <laughs> In three months. In fact, it was not three months. We visited India in October. In December, the man was married. And as of October, she did not even know that woman exists. That's arrangement. That can be scary in the area of marriage too. I mean, marrying a stranger, that can be very, very dangerous. But in terms of your miracle, will you man that kind of arrangement? No, I'm not feeling your excitement. Heaven prepares something delicious, a delicacy just for you. And you have no idea about his preparation. All you can see is, he said, thou hast prepared a table before me. I declare in this season, there will be supernatural divine arrangements just for you in the name of Jesus. So there are three things I'm going to be talking about tonight. The first thing, three things that will help you to make the most of what God is arranging. Number one, rest. Rest. 
rest. You know, I shared something while I was trying to introduce the meeting, talking about Jesus being on the boat and there was a stormy situation and Jesus was still sleeping. Somebody say Jesus was still sleeping. Now, I want you to ask a question. Was Jesus unaware of the storm or was Jesus just a bad leader? Or was Jesus a sleeper? Just sleeps. You know, I don't know if you have met a sleeper before. They can sleep. You put them on water, they will sleep. Why was he sleeping in such an interesting situation? It was because Jesus knew the way to deal with a storm is by sleeping through it. You know, some people feel if they are not worried, when there's a situation, they are being irresponsible. They actually equate worry to what? Re being responsible. I need, to, I need to be worried. You see women say, I'm a mother. That's what mothers do. We worry. Every mother here who has equated motherhood to worry, I declare you shall be delivered. We need supernatural word mothers. Mothers that use faith, not worry. Any little thing. Uh, uh, what are we going to do? We're going to sleep. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are going to sleep. I can't hear you say, we are going to sleep. You will see the account in Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 40. There was storm and Jesus was sleeping. Because he knew that the way to deal with a storm is to make sure your sleep is not disturbed. But it takes revelation to sleep through a storm. The reason why Jesus was able to sleep was because Jesus knew what God was saying before the storm came. If you are ignorant of the will of God, any storm will toss you around. God already said, you are going to the other side. Someone say, how do I know? Because there was nothing Jesus said that the Father did not inspire. If you go to verse 35, you say, you know, let us go to the other side. That was what God was saying. That was the movement of God. That was the direction of God. That was the will of God. So storm or no storm, what counts is what God has said. He was so much aware of what God has said that what was going on around him did not move him. So he slept in the midst of storm. But the disciples had forgotten what Jesus said because what Jesus said did not register in their heart. You know, there's, some, there's a way you can hear and still you have not heard it. You know, there's a way you can know somebody as yet you have not known him. You would have thought the disciples after three and a half years of spending, <coughs> of spending time with Jesus would have known him. They did not know him. They knew him physically. But they did not know him by revelation. That was why they could still ask him, take us to the Father. Ah! Jesus was, he was like pureated. He said, ah, how can you see me? And since they caught to the father, I am my father, I won. They didn't get it. 
they knew him physically, but they did not know him by did not know him by revelation. And that was why in Luke chapter 24, from verse 25 downward, if you read the account of the two disciples that was on the road to Emmaus in despair, it was because they followed Jesus for three and a half years, but yet they did not know him. Because if they had known him by revelation, when he was saying, Until the corn of a wheat falls to the ground, it abides alone. But when he falls, he brings forth. It would have done on them that he was talking about the fact that he was going to be crucified and resurrect later. They brought news that he had resurrected, and rather than be excited, they were confused further. I mean, the more. And do you know what Jesus did? He joined their conversation, and the first thing he did was that he restrained the ability to see him physically. Because what makes you is not your physical contact with him. I wish I was around 2,000 years ago. Ah, I walk with Jesus on the shores of Galilee. Ladies and gentlemen, walking with him physically is not what will change you. By the way, the person that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament was not with Jesus in those three and a half years. But he met him by revelation. I declare tonight, somebody's eyes of understanding will become enlightened to a contact Jesus by revelation. So, how did he solve their problem? He restrained their eyes because he was trying to communicate to them what, that what makes man is not what you see. You are not just this physical body. And that's why if you spend too much time on this. I'm trying not to abuse you. But I'm still looking for a word for you. You are shallow. Does that, I hope that does not sound abusive. If this is what defines you. How I look. Hey, no, I mean I believe in looking, looking excellently. But don't forget that you are not this. The real you cannot be seen is within the inward man of the heart. So Jesus would not allow them to see him outwardly because he wanted to reveal the real Jesus, the real Christ to them. And how did he do that? He took them back to the scriptures. The Bible says he began to expound things about himself from Genesis, hey, I wish I can lay my hands on that tape. Oh, I wish somebody had recorded that teaching that Jesus did. Because the Bible says from the law all the way to the prophet, he showed them things concerning Christ. So what we call Old Testament is full of Christ. The only thing is, is concealed. And you need help for it to be revealed. I can imagine he told them how Abraham was to lead, I mean, led Isaac to be sacrificed. And he says, Do you know that is a picture of Christ? You know, some of you, you don't even get it. How the crucifixion of Christ. It was not as if the father was like this and said, ah, Look at my soul, they are killing him. He supervised it all. The same way Abraham held on to Isaac. Because he was the one that was supposed to slaughter Isaac. Do you know the father slaughtered Jesus for you? Go and read Isaiah chapter 53. He says he laid the iniquities of us all on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. 
So it was not like the father was like, oh, 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 they are dealing with my son. The father said, oh, son, you will have to go through this. Oh, because the family is bigger than you. He was thinking about you and thinking about you and thinking about you. Who for the joy that was set before him, despise. He looked beyond those three days of suffering. And he saw a huge, massive family everywhere. Boy, there's family. You know, I had an experience last week in Estonia. This time last week, I was in Estonia. Uh, all the Pentecostal churches in the whole country gathered together uh, in, a, in, a, in a campground. And I was the uh, guest minister for three days, every night. And of course, one morning session. I mean, that was a life-changing experience for me because in, for the first time in my life, I went into a country, spent three days, and I did not see a single black person. Remember, I preached to all the churches, Pentecostal churches in the nation, and I did not see a single black person. I never knew that they would come. At least you will see somebody that will say, bros, no bros. The closest thing to bros was a Filipino woman. When she saw me, second day, he said, wow, you know Filipinos and Africans, we are related. <laughs> Don't blame her. <laughs> because as far as she was concerned too, I was the closest thing to what? A Filipino. That was the closest thing to a black person that I saw in three days and three nights. And it was good to see a sea of white people that declares Jesus as Lord in Eastern Europe. Jesus saw them. The father saw them. And that was why those three days and three nights were worth it. Beyond the suffering, the shame. And the father supervised the process. Do you know if you, if you deal with Old Testament by the high of revelation, you will see amazing things. You will see Jesus everywhere. The blood that was put on the doorpost. It was basically the blood of Jesus. All the different kind of offerings. Burnt offering, sin offering. It was a description of the different expressions of the sacrifice of Jesus. Numbers 21 from verse 4 to 9. God instructed Moses to put a bronze serpent on the pole after the children of Israel had been beaten by snake. Do you know it was literally Jesus? In fact, it was quoted in the book of John chapter 3 verse 14. As Moses lifted up serpent in the wilderness. Hey, so the son of man shall be what? Lifted. You know, religion is a very terrible thing. As some of us think, lift him up. Say, As we lift it up. It's not the kind of lifting up you are thinking in your mind, in your religious mind. He said, oh, as we lift him. It's not that lifting. He's talking about cross. you lift him up, you withdraw men. The lifting up he's talking about is not your place and worship lifting up. He's talking about the cross crucifixion. You know, the next time you want to sing that song, just think oh, the lifting up the Bible was talking about is not the praise and worship lift him up in your mind. Of course, you will lift him up by praising, yes. But that's not what he's talking about. He was talking about Jesus on the cross. Is that very clear? So, he opened their eyes to the scriptures to see Christ 
everywhere. <laughs> it's in Genesis, it's in Exodus, it's in Numbers, it's in Leviticus, it's in Deuteronomy, all the way to Malachi. Do you know what they said later on? After he now allowed them to see him physically, which was very brief, which is to send a message, Jesus wants you to know him primarily by the scriptures, through revelation. That is the New Testament model. Yeah, I want to see Jesus in a vision. No. He wants you to see him in the book. So Jesus said, We're going to the other side. He made something, he made he, he, he knew what he had said. What he had said was a reality. He held on to it. And you know, he literally slept on it. But to those disciples, it was like, okay, ah, he said something. No, he said, We're going to the other side. It was in their mind, not in their spirit. How many times do you try? To do things by your mind, not by your heart. It was in the heart of Jesus, he could sleep. It was not in the heart of Jesus, it was only in their head. The moment they saw storm, they panicked. Do you know rest is where God's grace and your faith meet? Rest is where your faith in God and the grace of God intercepts. You can literally measure your faith level by your rest level. We know God's grace is constant. It has appeared, it will always be available. But are you making that faith factor available? And we can measure it by rest. How rested are you? Are not in faith. I know I'm quoting scriptures. You are not in faith. If you are really in faith, you'll be cool and calm. All these anxiety prayer meetings that we have to satisfy our religiosity. Stop the nonsense. You are literally using prayer to express your own belief. Stop the nonsense. Rest on what he has said. Did he say you are going to the other side? Then see yourself at the other side. Irrespective of what is going on. Now, how much value do you attach to what he has said? Does it make any meaning to you? Does it carry weight? Do you really believe it? There will always be opportunities. To take your eyes off his word. And whatever you are going through does not make you exceptional. You know, some people want to come to Pastor and present their problem as an exceptional problem. Say, Pastor, you don't understand. If you know you are my use, you will know why, why I should worry. Special case. The Bible says the same affliction is accomplished in all your brethren all over the world. There is nothing as a special affliction. There is only a special ignorance. <laughs> See, my, my problem is special. There is nothing new under heaven. The 
reason why we have scriptures is that so that you can see examples of people that went through stuff and yet still won. How come your own situation is not covered in the scriptures? And listen, affliction situations, difficult situations coming at you is not indicative of the of, of you not being in the will of God. Remember Jesus was in the boat and yet there was storm. And that was not the only time. The other time, you know, they were panicking and they saw Jesus walking on what was making them afraid. Ah! Levels, levels. You know, there was a time he slept. This time around... <laughs> What was because they had the panic? They now looked and saw him walking on it. <laughs> what was carrying them? He was walking on it. <laughs> I'm laughing in the spirit. <laughs> what was making them afraid? He now was walking on it. <laughs> Do you know that what he's trying to tell you? He's trying to tell you it's nothing. <laughs> the reason why he's carrying you is because you are distracted. If you have your focus where it should be, you won't even see it. The devil will come and will be well ignored until he's so frustrated and say, they don't even pay me attention and they will leave. Because in the first place, he came to get attention. Hey. But you are not ignorant of his devices. He's seeking attention to and fro. But God has already given you something to look at. He said, looking unto Jesus. What a night. Looking unto Jesus. I was planning to tell, teach you three things, but I don't think I'll be able to get up this point. Looking unto Jesus. I came to Port Harcourt tonight to tell somebody, Jesus is enough. You don't need another image. Looking unto Jesus. You know the problem with some of us is that we are looking at our strength. And with some other people, they are looking at their weakness. Whether it's your strength, your flaws, your weakness... God is not interested. The only thing that is interested in is Jesus. Because by him all things were made. All things consist by him. It was designed that he must have preeminence over everything. What else are you looking at? What is? I tell pastors all the time, I don't care whether it's just you, your wife, and two of your children that showed up in the service. Enjoy God. Enjoy God. Not this putting yourself under, under pressure unnecessarily. Who sent you on an error? Was it not God? Their church is growing. My church is not growing. By the way, it's none of your churches. It's neither of your churches. Whether he has 25,000 members uh, and you have 2.5 members. Now, it was the blood of Jesus that bought everybody. Your 2.5 members and the 25,000 members, the same blood was shed for them. It's not his church and it's not your church. 
the one that shed his blood is the owner of his church. Come on, sit, sit, sit. Why, why all those harassments? And listen, the person standing before you is not a failure in church plant, you know. He has churches in 15 nations. So no. Why would they say that? Because they have failed. I've not failed though. I've not failed. I've not failed. It's not just a message of encouragement for myself. So, don't get it mixed up. But we're trying to get our attention on the most important thing. Because we have so many distractions in our days. Instagram distraction. You know some people, if they put a post, and in 20 minutes, nobody has liked it, they will be depressed. Some people are not talking to some people in this city. Because they are not liking their Instagrams. You have never liked. You know, there was a spiritual son that fired me like that a few years ago. And one of his reasons when he came to see me later, he said, hey, I noticed that when I put this on Facebook, you don't like it. <laughs> so, so, because I don't like your Facebook posting. So, I've lost my right to father you. Maybe you are never supposed to be a son. <laughs> you are discharged. I looked at him that day. I said, Ah, so shallow. You derive your contentment now from many likes you get on ground. Ah, ah, shallow, distracted. I remember several years in the early days of our ministry, I was still on campus, the very first church I planted. I mean, the church was growing steadily. At least we had more than where two or three are gathered already. We had a music director. But just happened that on one Sunday, all the church members went on strike. So, and I was a single man. So, if at least if I was married, there would be a wife to what? Encourage me. So, to the glory of God, the music director made it. So, at the end of the day, it was just myself as the music director. So, we tried to wait for the rest. And when we realized that, ah, nobody's not coming. You know, that scripture done on me, 4 Samuel chapter 30. After David has wept and wept, and there was no tears, he said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Do you want to know how I encourage myself? I looked at my music director. I said, ah, "There's a booker there. Let's go." True life story. That was we went to the bookateria, cafeteria, or canteen, or whatever you want to call it, and we broke bed. We ate amala together, and we shared grace. And I said, "The service is over." But guess what? The next week we came back and there was people. And the next week more people came. And today thousands gather in 15 countries every Sunday. So there are certain seasons of your life that things will seem a certain way. But those seasons should not define you. The reason why you are distracted is because you have taken your eyes off Jesus. Do you know in Jesus we have everything we will ever need? 
grace, faith, wisdom. Now you mentioned love. Let me break it down for you. Let me break it down for you. You know, if you, if you, I want you to get this. This is very, very important. A few years ago, I was supposed to preach at a major conference and I was so prepared on teaching on walking in love. I was ready. You know, one of those messages that you scold Christians by this shade and they, they ought to know that you are my what? Disciples. When you love one another, I was ready to whip them. And as I was getting myself ready, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, can you do me a favor? Because I noticed you want to go and tell them that they have been disappointing me. They have not been walking in love. Say, can you do me a favor? Before you tell them that, can you tell them that I love them? I said, ah, I want to tell them they are not loving you enough and they are not loving people. He said, please just tell them that I love them. I said, really? You know that changed my life, changed my ministry, changed my philosophy. And God showed me later. He said, under the old covenant, love was demanded. Under the New Testament, love was demonstrated. One demanded love. And at the end of the day, they could not love efficiently. One demonstrated love and presented an image of love which becomes the pattern to imitate. And he said to me, he said, if there's any child of mine that is struggling to walk in love is because he has not seen love. He has not seen love. Have you noticed that children that grow up in an environment where there's so much love, the father loves the mom, peg, peg, everything, before they go to school, peg, peg, peg. You know, some people, their home is like a barrack. It was on hog. There was hog in my family. It's punch. Come on, can, can somebody can, can somebody understand what I'm talking about? Have you noticed that children that grow up from such environment where there's so much love demonstrated, it's easy for them to continue in the path of love because that's what they saw growing up. So how did God fix the problem of love in the New Testament? He became the example of love. Greater love as no man than this than for a man to lay down. He said if anybody is struggling to walk in love in the New Testament it's because he cannot see the picture of how I lay down my life. Hey. Hey. I'm about to to shoot somebody's theology right now. Mark 11, 23. You know it. Whatsoever you desire when you... I mean, you start by... Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, I shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he says he shall have. Whatsoever he says. Then verse 24. Go to verse 24. He said, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you believe that you and you shall... Some people believe Kenneth Hagin wrote it anyway. Next verse. Verse 25. He now says, when you stand, I want you to pay attention to this. When you start praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. That your father also which is in heaven may also what? Hello somebody. I know some of us have used this to teach faith. You need to walk in love so that you know your prayer can be answered because it's a condition. You have to forgive before your father can forgive you. By the way, I'm about to shock you. 
that scripture was not written for you. It was written to people under the old covenant. That was before Jesus went to the cross. I will explain it to you. Wait. 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 Before you say, ah, eh, yeah. Just listen. Nobody has gone to the cross. No blood has been shed for their sins. So as of this time, they needed to sow forgiveness. To reap forgiveness. So he said, you better sow forgiveness. Oh, so that you can have forgiveness available. And your prayer can be what? Answered. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. Let's see Paul's version. After Jesus had died and resurrected. He said, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive. Not as Christ we forgive. He forgave. When were you forgiven? Over 2,000 years ago. That's why we must do better than the Old Testament folks. They don't have an image of forgiveness. So they have to forgive to be forgiven. But we are already forgiven. We only receive it. He forgave us over 2,000 years ago. Remember that blood was not being continually shed. It was shed once and for all. Let me shock you. Do you know the unsaved man on the street has been forgiven? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The only problem is he has not received it. It's not when he comes to the altar and says, Jesus, you are my Lord, that is forgiven. He was forgiven as Christ forgave. Once he forgave. Ladies and gentlemen, so all this, hey, say sorry so that I can forgive you, is because you don't know how Christ forgave. How did he forgive? He forgave you before you did anything right. You know, technically, he took a risk by going to the cross. Nobody has said yes to him and he went to die. Even his own siblings that grew up in the same house, not until he was crucified and resurrected, did any one of them believe him? When you were yet sinners, he died. Is somebody following me? So there's no way you will understand by revelation how he forgave. The demonstration of love. When we were not showing anything that looks like love, he loved us. He first loved us. So God told me, he said, Go and paint the picture of how I love. Because if they can see how I love, they will love. The reason why they are not loving is because they don't see love. And the scene of love I'm talking about is not in the head. It's, it's by revelation. Some of us, maybe there was a season that you were spending time on the world, you were listening to messages like this, it was real to you, and you can attest to it that you lived a better Christian life then. 
But because you stopped feeding, what was once revelation has now been downgraded to mental sense. It's not better than CRK now. Christian religious study. Christian, you know what I'm talking about? You have an idea of how he died for me. But it's not a revelation. So maybe what you need to do is go back. How did he die for me? Isaiah 53. Iniquities of us all was laid on him. He that knew no sin. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, he was made to be seen. He did not commit sin. He did, and yet he died for me. Hey! There's no way you will see that by revelation. There's nothing anybody can do against you that you will not forgive. So God told me, he said, rather than backing love, has the one do love and being judgmental. He said, paint love. Paint it. Let them see 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 it. Because if they see it, they will do it all. In fact, they will do it so naturally. Because that's all they see. They see Christ on the cross. What did he do on the cross? He demonstrated the greatest love. Do you know how Paul described it? He said that you might know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. The length, the breadth, the width. That, that love is deep. It's so deep that there's no way to measure it in the natural. That's why he says it passes knowledge. He prayed for another church. He said that. He said that you may that your love may abound in what? More and more and more. In all knowledge. Can you see? Your love abound more and more. In what? In all knowledge. In all revel by revelation. Capacity to love. That you may know the love of Christ. The love that passes knowledge. Then you will come to the fullness. So the reason why people are not working in fullness is because they are not seeing enough of Christ. They see their job, they see their strength, they see their bad wife. They, it takes a bad husband to make a bad wife anyway. <laughs> My wife is very, very bad. You are a very, very bad man too. Could it be that you are the one that brought the bad out of her? You pull it deep, call it onto what? Deep. Let's go and do investigation. Maybe she was not that bad when you married her. But you put so much and you confess it over her. You're a bad woman. So maybe she was bad before. She became worse. But there's, some, there's a way you see Christ. Can you share it tonight? Say, I see Christ. I don't see my situation. I don't see need. I don't see symptoms on my body. I don't see wants. I don't see poverty. I, see poverty. I, see I see Christ. Christ is enough. Get on your feet, someone. I see Christ. In Christ alone, will you have contentment? Maybe somebody told you, if I put 10 billion naira in your account today, your problem is up. He's a liar. You, as that 10 billion is coming, he's coming with his own peculiar problem. In fact, that 10, pro, that 10 billion can give you blood pressure. If he has not taken, you will not be able to sleep. You just be rolling. How will I spend this money? Oh, ah. I hope they are not coming to attack me. Oh, ah. I'm serious. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a spiritual entity. Material things cannot satisfy you. Should I say it again? You are what? A spiritual entity. Stop, stop devaluing you. 
You now devalue yourself to dollar and pounds. House and cars. Married or single. Ah. If anyone is in Christ. Hey! You are in Christ. So keep on seeing Christ. It's like you are engaged to somebody. And you are looking at other men. What kind of a woman does that? Ah, somebody has put a ring in your... Has he not put a ring there? Somebody said, what is the ring? The spirit. That is the seal of your redemption. Is the proof that is coming to marry you. You wear the spirit all around. How come the spirit? To seal it. That I've paid for you. I've paid for you the wedding is in the future, but I've paid for you. I want you. Just because you are in this house does not mean you are not mine. You are in this world, but you are mine. Your citizenship is of heaven. Technically, your spirit is with me. Set your affection, which means your mind, where your spirit is already located. So, upgrade your mind to the location of your spirit. Your spirit is seated and settled. Why will you allow your mind to be wandering all over the place? So, grab your mind through the scripture and set your mind on the information on Christ contained in the scripture so that your mind can become aligned to the location of your spirit. your spirit is already with Christ and now your mind is wandering all over the place renew your mind though say mind come 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 you can't be wandering around money money cannot satisfy you you can't be looking at other women focus on Christ you can't see nothing but Christ remember he paid for us oh. say you are bought with a price he owns you he legally paid for you. So since he paid, now the mere fact that he has not come to collect his goods does not mean the goods has a right to wander into another hand. It's like somebody walked into a, 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 a mall and picked up a few items. I said, I paid for these things and he got a receipt. Hey, And he left and he said, I will come back in two days time to pick it. Do you know if someone else comes around and says, can I have this? They say, ah, no, it has been paid for. You have been paid for just because you are still on the shelf does not mean you are available. Respect yourself now. Now allow simple trouble to trouble you. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Distress, imprisonment, nakedness, hunger. No, there's nothing. No, nothing. We ah. Maybe you are here tonight. Say, Lord, do this miracle to prove your love. Ladies and gentlemen, he does not need to do another miracle. The most important miracle he did on the cross. Which miracle are you looking for? Every other miracle comes under that miracle. There will never be a greater demonstration of how much he loves you. I know some of us stretching God. God, if you don't do it, I won't come to church. Ah, depth of ignorance. Somebody that laid down his life for you. Do you know what he had to do? I know some of you have gotten appliances from other countries, maybe United States. 
And the first thing you do is that you get a step-down transformer. Because if you don't do it, that appliance will blow. Do you know in the same vein, Jesus had to be stepped down to come to your planet. He was so intense, his glory was so massive that the Bible says he was the light, is the light of that city. And yet, he entered Mary's womb as a fuetos. For nine months, he was carried around. God being carried around by a teenager. You know, to show that he had emptied himself of all his glory. You know, the first 30 years of his life on earth, not a single miracle. God showed me something a while ago that blew my mind. He said, do you know some of the pains I had to go through when I was growing up? In the house, in, in, with my parents, my natural parents. He said, my father died and I could not raise him. Do you know Joseph was dead by the time he started ministry? Wow. That was why there was no mention of what? Joseph. They only mentioned Mary. Say, my own father, the man that raised me, the man that taught me carpentry, said he died. But there was no glory. He had to wait till he was 30 years to enter water. Then the Holy Spirit came upon him. Then he had power. But that power is still low level power. I know some of you say, ah, the man of Galilee. Ah, you, you know you are not joined with the man of Galilee. Because the man of Galilee in John chapter 17 prayed the prayer. He said, Father, with all that anointing that you think is an anointing. He said, Father, please restore the glory that I had from the beginning. In other words, this one is a low-level glory. The one I had at the beginning is big beyond this. No wonder the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 4 that Jesus was raised by the glory of the Father. The full spectrum of glory. Okay. Uh -huh. The resurrected Christ. Which is the glorified Christ. And that is the Christ that you are inside. You are not inside the one that walked on the shores of Galileo. You are not, you are not inside the one that was carried like a baby. You were inside the one who is fully God, fully man. Don't let me bore you. I hope I've not bored you tonight. How can you now see that and still see something else? If you have seen something else, it's because you are not seeing enough of him. Let's get back to the basic. Christ is enough. That's the title of my message. You know, I'm a strange preacher. Most preachers will give you the title of their message at the beginning. I'm giving you at the end. Christ is enough. Rest in him. No anxiety. No panic. No fear. There's nothing that is happening to you that's never happened before. That's why you have the Bible. So that you can see examples of people that went through similar things. And God brought them out. And the same God that brought them out will bring you out. A story can change in a moment. It can move you from the backside of the desert like it moved David from the backside of the desert. And make sure the senior prophet in town comes to your house. And he will not do anointing service until they send for you. They send for you at the backside and bring you. He said, there's no service here until David comes. Because that's the person God has chosen. He can pick you like he picked Joseph in the prison. And set him up in the palace. 
He can pick you like he picked Esther who was going through a difficult season of her life. She was a young girl who was an orphan being raised by a cousin, not even uncle. And some of us called Mordecai. Uncle is not uncle, he's cousin. An elderly cousin. And she found herself in a palace and she did not know anything about it. But it was all in the arrangement of heaven. Oh, there's an arrangement of heaven for your life. Is there not a cause for this? They sent everybody to battle. They looked at David and said, you are too young. You are not capable. But God said, don't worry, it's a setup. He was sent to bring food to them. At a time that they had come to the end of themselves. They took people with muscles to war. And their muscles failed. And there was David, a young lad. And God says, I don't need your muscles to demonstrate my strength. In fact, I rather use people without muscle. Because I prefer the things that are lowly, the things that are weak, the things that are despised, the things that people will not pay attention to. Because I would rather have my glory not shared with any man. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come with a word of encouragement for somebody. Christ is enough. Take your eyes off every other thing. If you have money, take your eyes off it. If you don't have it, take your eyes off it. If you have muscles, take your eyes off it. If you don't have it, take your eyes off it. If you have a degree, take your eyes off it. If you don't have it, take your eyes off it. If you come from a solid background, take your eyes off it. If your if your own your your background is not liquid, it's even gaseous, take your eyes off it. <laughs> no, some people's background is not just it's, it's solid, liquid. No, this one is gaseous. You can't even see it. At least liquid, you can see liquid. Gaseous, it has evaporated. Take your eyes off it. God loves to work with people without degree, without pedigree. Christ is enough. Can you scream, Christ is enough? Potako, shout, Christ is enough. Whether he sends you to a village or he puts you in New York, the most important thing is where will you have me be? Don't allow people with 25,000 likes on Instagram to harass you. Christ is enough. For some of you, maybe you need to shut down your Instagram account because every time you go there, you are depressed because you realize what you put in two weeks ago up to now, there's not one single like. Nobody likes me. Jesus loves you. Christ is enough. Christ is enough. You know, it's a dangerous thing to use social media to feed your ego. Christ is enough. It's a dangerous thing to use money to fill your ego. Christ is enough. Marry status. You know, some people, it's marry status that feels like you say, you know, I'm married now. I'm engaged now. Christ is enough. Whether you are married or you are single, at the end of the day, all of us are his wife. Christ is enough. The person you are shouting is my husband, is my wife. When you get to heaven, is your brother, is your sister. Christ is enough. So the single people in the house tell the married people, don't harass me. Christ is enough. Even the people you are calling your children, when we get to heaven, you discover you are all brothers and sisters. Christ is enough. Hey, Christ is enough. 
this place is temporary. Hey, it's temporary. Why we look not at the things which are temporary? I'm too deep to live a shallow life. How dare you compare 120 years to eternity? The things that will pass away, they now become your definition. <laughs> My life is finished. How can your life be finished? When he has finished the work, Christ is enough. So all the things that are stressing you, before God is nothing. He say a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. <laughs> we cannot do something about your situation. God is laughing. You better join him in laughter. He's laughing. He said, what is he going through that he's shouting? Christ is enough. In him you live, you move and have your being. Is your true satisfaction. Whether you are in the countryside or you are in the city, it does not matter. What matters is, are you in Christ? And all this breakthrough testimony we are always given. At times it's even too shallow. Ah, I got a car, I got a wife, I got this. It's okay. But it's nothing compared to the real thing. Christ is the real deal. I to have some breakthroughs, but it's not about the breakthrough. Paul said, I determined not to know anything amongst you except Christ and Him crucified. Oh, Philip went to Samaria and all he had to preach was Christ. It was enough. You know, we have too many tips and secrets, strategies. Hey, I was telling them yesterday, I said, it's so sad. You know, we have majored in all manner of S and have forsaken the main S. Some talk about system and other people talk about structure. Someone say it's about strategy. But there's something that comes above it all. is called spirit. If you get that spirit of Christ, you have it all. Christ is enough. Did you receive something tonight? enough. What are you looking for? Turn to your neighbor say, don't harass me with your testimony. So tell him one more time, don't harass me with your testimony. If it's somebody who is engaged, say, don't harass me with your engagement ring. <laughs> don't harass me with your children. Christ is enough. Don't harass me with your car. Christ is my right. Don't harass me with mundane natural material things i am spiritual i'm a spiritual entity how can material things define me it's not about the outward man it's about the inward man of the earth don't be shallow christ is enough have you ever seen anybody meditating on christ and got depressed you get depressed when you take your eyes off jesus and put it on natural they are gone where did they go christ is enough i remember <laughs> i remember several years i was living in a city not too far from this place called oweri this was about 22 years ago 22 23 years ago i mean and you know we're trying to take a cab <laughs> i'm trying to remember the particular way the young man put it he's like just go just go so, you know we say they have gone where did they go where did they go he has gone where did they go everybody has gone no you've been called to run a peculiar race you are not competing against anybody you are not competing against what anybody you are not competing against what anybody stop measuring your life by some other people's success success is a function 
of the expectation of the person that called you. Christ is enough. And you know, there is no way you will get rooted in this revelation of Christ. You will end up with joy, love, peace, contentment, patience. All the fruit of the tree will just come out naturally. Your life will be so easy. <laughs> Remember, there was a time there was no cow and people lived. There was a time everybody was riding us. And now somebody's crying because I don't have a car. There was a generation no car. So, the way everybody in that generation was broke. Technology cannot satisfy you. You are a spiritual entity. Somebody is fighting my husband right now because he has not bought an iPhone, iPhone 8 or iPhone X. Not all, I'm not going to talk to you. All the women have I've latest iPhone. I'm still carrying iPhone. iPhone A. <laughs> Crisis enough. Somebody is mad at her husband because look at the ring you gave me 12 years ago. You have not upgraded it. I'm not saying your husband should not appreciate you, but your value should not be defined by natural things. We are spiritual entity designed to be satisfied by Christ alone. Take your eyes back to the cross. The son of man has been lifted up. Remember in Numbers chapter 21, all they had to do was look as we behold the glory of the Lord without a glass we are changing to the same image that's what we have been called to for a lifetime, a lifetime of beholding, transformed effortlessly and at the end of the day, you now see, you end up with the man the woman, you, the woman of your dream if I, did I say woman of your dream? the woman beyond your dream the kind of woman that by the time you take her home and tell your parents, this is the woman they want to, want to marry they will put you aside say, did you drug her? Because she's not in your class. You will marry above your level. It's called marry by grace. But remember, you were focusing on Christ and that woman followed you home. The car will follow you. All the good, good things of life that you are respecting now, they will start running after you. That's why I say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Have you been blessed tonight? Christ is enough. Can we scream it together? One, two, three. Shari one more time. Shari for the third time. That is our satisfaction. That is our lover. That is our prince of peace. The one we imitate. But how can we imitate him if we are not seeing him? Can you now see? Faith is in him. Love is in him. Visor is in him. Everything is what? In him. Is enough. Put your right hand on your chest and say after me. Say tonight, I declare the Lordship of Jesus over my life. My attention is on him and him alone. I refuse to see any other thing outside of him. I focus on him. Is my definition. Is my fulfillment. 
and it's my contentment. I declare nothing else takes my attention but him. My lover, I celebrate him. Oh, wave those hands to him all over this house. Christ is in all. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.